0: Hi friend, it's 2020, and let's be real. If you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and sometimes overwhelming. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, and truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed two years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement in the midst of living, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood. I'm thankful you're listening today. During this year, we have been talking about clarity around different issues, issues that I personally sometimes struggle with. The idea being that maybe these topics will resonate with you too. So in February, we talked with couples about living happily ever after. This month, we've been talking about living with confidence. In other words, how do you get over the insecurities that might be holding you back? But I'm going to pause here and just say that when I recorded this episode and a couple of the other episodes that have gone out this month, it was way before we had a global pandemic affecting all of our daily lives. Insecurity, um, it just feels a little different nowadays, don't you think? Um, We may all struggle with it, but when we recognize what kind of struggle we're in, what kind of focus and um, what's at stake we're in, um, the insecurities don't really, they don't stand up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been feeling a lot less insecure lately. Can I just say that? (laughs) I don't feel... Like it really matters what people think so much about how much I post about God or how much um, I share what he's doing in my life with them, because what else will I cling to? Um, Like in scripture where it talks about the disciples um, being confronted by Jesus, Jesus basically saying, are you going to leave me too? And the, the disciples' response is, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. You know, insecurity pales in comparison to the things that really matter. Um, If we're confident in who we are living for, confident in the mission he sent us on, then we're not going to feel or we're not going to let ourselves be totally pulled apart by insecurity. So I love this conversation that I'm about to share with you with a woman with a passion for her family, for writing and for finding joy in the messiness of life. But most of all, this woman describes herself as a child of God. She says, He is my life, my breath, the reason why I get up every morning, and the reason why I write. She is the author of the book, Shift Changing Our Focus to See the Presence of God. And I can't wait for you to hear more of what she has to say. So would you please join me in welcoming Abby McDonald to the Finding Something Real podcast? Abby, welcome.
1: Thank you, Janelle. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, Abby, I don't want to forget this. So for those who listen to our conversation, want to know more about you afterwards, what is the best way to find you?
1: They can find me at abbymcdonald.org. I do a weekly blog post there. And if they want to sign up for email updates, they can do that there as well and receive a free gift called the daughter's manifesto. And that is a reminder of who we are in Christ and our secure identity in him. And so I think we all need that reminder from time to time. So yeah. they're free to snag that.
0: Awesome. So Abby, I know I shared a little bit about you, but would you mind sharing um, with the listener a little bit more about who you are? And maybe, um, did you know, always know that you wanted to be a writer?
1: Sure, Janelle. Yes, I have known that I wanted to be a writer as long as I can remember. My family and I used to take yearly trips to the Blue Ridge Parkway area, um, specifically Mount Pisgah. I talk about that some in my book. And I remember... Just looking at those mountains and being completely mesmerized. And I would sort of daydream about myself one day having a log cabin in the woods, (laughs) those mountains, and just plugging away on my typewriter because computers weren't quite popular (laughs) back then. And Yeah. So it's just always been something that's a part of me. I've always enjoyed it. I found it's one of the ways that I communicate and not only with other people, but processing my own emotions and thoughts as well. And so I didn't pursue it after I graduated from college. I didn't think that it was a practical way to make a living. So I had several different office jobs and God brought it back to, into my life after I had my first child. Hmm. And I went through a dark season of postpartum depression during that time. My husband and I had just moved cross country when I found out I was expecting my first child. And so I was in a completely different environment, new town, and just feeling very lonely. And Mm -hmm. writing was one of those things that God used to draw me back to him and to help me see the light again. And so it was a really amazing thing that that he did in my life and how he used that to draw me to him.
0: Mm, I love that. So how long ago, was that that you started writing again?
1: It was uh, a, about 11 years ago, and I actually was writing fiction at that time. A friend of mm-hmm. mine encouraged me to take a fiction writing class with her, and and so I wrote short stories for a while, and I really enjoyed that, but as I had more kids, I found that fiction writing... Um, really requires more headspace than I have right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's just, you kind of have to go to this entirely different world, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, to get there, I I just, I don't have the time to do that during this season of my life. Maybe one day I'll go back to that. Um, With one child, it was okay, but (laughs) I now now have three. And um, yeah, so I, I do nonfiction writing now. And I love it. Um, God really helped me see that it can be a ministry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started blogging, um, I guess it was about six years ago. And that was at a time when blogging was a little bit, um, I guess, more popular or more of a new thing than it is now. But um, I, I, didn't see it as a ministry until I started reading certain blogs like Lisa Jo Baker and Ann Camp and mm-hmm. God really just opened my eyes and I was like, you know, this is really a ministry and something that these women are using to connect with people and to just share a message, you know, that they're not alone, um, and whatever trial or struggle it is they're going through. And so that was when I first started to dive into nonfiction writing.
0: Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about your book, Shift. Um, I've looked over it a little bit. I'm doing, in fact, by the time this podcast episode airs, I will have done a little review (laughs) of it on my blog. Um, But where did it come from? What is this about?
1: Sure. Well, yeah, Janelle, um, Shift was really born out of my own struggles and what I would hear from other people as well, friends of mine and things that they were going through with these seasons where they had difficulty seeing God. Um, They had uh, difficulty seeing what he was doing in their lives. I had difficulty seeing him and particularly when I felt like he was calling me to do something and I would take that step of faith or that step of obedience and then things would not turn out the way that I thought they were going to (laughs) and I would just sort of throw up my hands like what are you doing God you know I thought you called me to this and now look you know what everything's falling apart, nothing is going the way I envisioned. (laughs) I would read through scripture and there's all these references to God where he refers to himself as invisible and unseen and uh, particularly in 2 Corinthians 4.18, one of my favorite scriptures, it says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because mm-hmm. what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that verse just brought me so much hope, but I didn't know how to practically apply that to my own life. And I wanted to know how to do that in my everyday struggle. And so that's really what Shift is about, is how do we take that scripture or that concept of fixing our eyes on the unseen when things don't go according to our plan, you know, Mm -hmm. or when life is a mess, you know, because, I mean, goodness, we all go through those seasons. And so I really wanted to encourage women that God is there and He is working, but a lot of times it doesn't look the way we anticipated. And that's Mm -hmm. where we often stumble is we get caught up in our own expectations of what we think He's going to do. Mm -hmm. So...
0: So, this wasn't one of the questions I was going to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> I just want to get to the point. Um, yeah. How do you practically help people in a practical sense? I mean, um, with the expectations, because I think, especially, I mean, you touched on the fact earlier that you grew up with that imagination, that dream uh-huh. in your mind. Yeah. You're a dreamer. Uh, I am too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And so it's easy to get those expectations, especially. Um, when you have ideas of, okay, you've called me to write or you've called me to do this ministry or whatever and it's not working out uh, the mm-hmm. way that I planned or envisioned, um, mm-hmm. what are some things that you um, talk about in your book that that is a practical way to release those expectations?
1: Right, right. Well, I don't think that it's realistic that we're ever going to release our expectations completely because we are human. um, And, you know, that's just something we do. But I think that what we have to do is we have to learn to hold them a little bit more loosely. And we have to know that we serve a God who wants to surpass our expectations Like I, you know, we want a crumb, (laughs) but God wants to give us a feast, you know, and I've seen him do that time and time again. And I get so fixated on these kind of short term goals, you know, like, well, I want to reach this many people or, you know, I want to, to build this thing, you know, whatever that is. And we have these sort of measurable results or, you know, which, I mean, that's fine. That's great to have measurable goals, but, uh, God, he wants us to care about each individual life and each person. And that matters to God. And that is one of the things he really convicted me of when I was writing is, um, I went through a season where I just, I want, I had this goal, you know, I, I wanted to get a book deal. I wanted, um, a contract with a major publisher and this sort of thing. And I received this email from this reader one day. And I mean, she just had this story that, that broke my heart literally. And, He was like, you know what, Abby, you see these long term goals, but I want you to see the value of each person Mm -hmm. and the relationship, you know, with people. And ultimately, our goal should be to glorify him and to be his church and to be his body here on earth. And so... Um, I just at that point, I just said, you know, I'm going to pray for these people that reach out to me and, you know, pray over their lives and their stories. And that is when um, I really started to see him move in some significant ways.
0: Hmm. So. Not everyone who listens to this podcast um, is already a believer. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. quite a few people who listen who are skeptical or seeking or maybe just Mm -hmm. discouraged. And I think, uh, especially in terms of talking about confidence and confidence that God sees us and wants to give us, you know, a feast instead of a crumb. Um, There's some people who might be listening right now who feel like, Uh, Well, God maybe plays favorites, right? Uh, He allows uh, that to happen in her life, but not mine. Um, And there's a fear uh, that he doesn't see them. Um, What encouragement or advice could you give to someone who's in that place of just profound discouragement or disbelief that the God of the universe really sees or cares about her?
1: Absolutely. Well, I can definitely speak to that, Janelle, because I felt that same exact way for so many years. And, um, you know, even though I went through a Christian school, um, I went to a Christian high school, um, after I graduated from there, I really went through a season where I had a lot of doubt, um, and I lived in a family where uh, I had a... Well, have rather a brother who is an addict, and that whole dynamic and some of the codependent issues that were going on in my family just really caused me to question God and and why He would allow that, and you know why I would repeatedly pray for my brother's healing, and I would not see any change. And so um, after I graduated, I really, I went through a period where I was just very self-destructive. I made a lot of poor decisions. And like I said, after I had my first child, God really started reaching out to me again. And one of those ways was through writing, but there were so many ways that he drew me to him during that season and uh, one of the ways that he did that was I started going to MOPS which is Mothers of Preschoolers and I remember sitting there one day and they were playing this video where the person was reading through Psalm 139 and if Any listeners are not familiar with that psalm, I would encourage you to read it. But it really just goes through how God knew us from before we were even born, how he knows every thought that is on our mind and our tongue before we think it, and how he would go to the ends of the earth to pursue us And to bring his light into our lives and hearing that verse out loud or that passage out loud, rather, um, it just I just weeped right there Mm -hmm. at the mops meeting. And at first um, I was uh, a little embarrassed, but then I looked around and I saw that the other moms there were doing the same thing. And so it was very powerful moment, but God just showed me that there is nothing that I could do that could separate myself from him, that he loved me that much. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't matter if I was the only person on the face of the earth that he would have gone to the lengths that he did dying on the cross just to save me it wouldn't have mattered if I was the only one and so I know that that might be difficult for some people to believe but it's the absolute truth and I hope Hmm. that that they will come to believe it
0: Hmm. good I love this quote from your book Uh, you say when we make the choice to trust God even when we're unsure of the outcome and obey Him even when we face doubt, lives are changed. A small act of kindness can be be a big arrow pointing to others towards God's character. I love that because um, so often as believers, you know, we're just going along (laughs) and then we're faced with hardship. I think we forget that um, we may not see the fruit of the way we're walking out our faith um, but God says, and you talk about this in your book, God says there will be fruit when you abide, when you abide mm-hmm. with him. Yes. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I know, um, in high school, someone who made a huge impact on my life, uh, was a man named Jonathan Schmidt. He was my youth pastor and his favorite verse was Galatians 6, 9, which is, uh, let us not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Uh, But I think sometimes we don't get to see the harvest. We don't get to see the fruit and that in itself can be discouraging. So Mm -hmm. I just would love for you to speak a little bit more to that. Cause I love that you put that um, message in your book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's something that I have to remind myself of again and again. And I always tell people, when they read me quotes like that, that I'm preaching to myself just as <laughs> much as I am to anybody. Cause I need, I need these reminders, you know? And, um, but I think that one of the best examples of this concept is with our kids really, because I mean, how many times do we try to teach our kids something and we don't see any evidence that it's sinking in. Right. I hmm. mean, You know, it it could be a rule that they're supposed to follow in the house or it could be something at school that we're trying to help them learn and they just don't seem to be understanding it. Or it could be something biblical, you know, like prayer or whatever. But there's so many times when we get discouraged because... We don't see any evidence that what we're teaching them is sinking in. And then it's almost like with my kids, a light bulb goes off. And I remember one night, my husband and I were praying with my firstborn, and this was back several years ago. But I was just going through a really difficult season and there were a lot of things in my life that were just coming to a head, and I wasn't seeing progress in certain areas the way that I wanted to. And parenting was just one of those things. But we went to pray with him, and he literally repeated—it um, was almost like the Lord's Prayer in childlike terms. And we had never even helped him learn the, the Lord's prayer. I mean, he didn't know the actual Lord's prayer, but it followed that same pattern of coming to God, admitting our need, thanking God for everything he's done, and then asking God for whatever it is that he needed. Mm -hmm. And so as I sat there listening to him, I was like, wow, you know, I had no idea that my son even knew this and here he was saying it to me and I could just I couldn't do anything except just thank God and all because I mean I knew that he was using my son to encourage me but also that he was working in my son's life in ways that I never saw until that moment and so I think that we do, We have to remember that God is working. He never stops working. You know, he yeah. he doesn't just take a nap, you know, like, yeah, they've got it over there. They're good. <laughs> you know, they've got it all under control. So I can go over here and help this person. I mean, he is working all the time. And I think that... Um, it's often during those moments when we least expect it that he shows himself. And it's usually during times that we need that. You know, we need to know, um, we need to catch a glimpse of what he's doing because we do get discouraged.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But he he does. He's always on the move.
0: Yeah. I love when those moments happen when you're a parent too, because it's usually... I definitely feel like God has a sense of humor because it's always when you realize it has nothing to do with what you did. <laughs> like, yeah, no, the Lord exactly. actually got a hold of
1: him. <laughs> right, yeah. right. I know he's. It's so good, and it's always <laughs> such an an encouraging time.
0: Yeah. Do you ever, when you're disciplining your children, like you're saying something to them, and all of a sudden you hear like God speaking to you? It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to get anything else <laughs> until you take oh, care of what yeah. you already have. Oh, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, are... he, I think that he uses them to teach me just as much as I try to teach them, for sure. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. It was so funny today with my daughter. She's four, my youngest. And she was telling me that she didn't want to obey me because she was embarrassed because we were at, um, we were at what, what we call the Hot Mess Joy Club. And there were a bunch of little kids running around. And they were playing, and she had been naughty. She'd gotten into cookies after I told her no more. And so I told her, put your head down at the table. And she would not do it. And so we left, and she was in big trouble, you know. And so we get into the car, and she says to me, Mommy, I didn't want to do it because I was embarrassed what other people would think. And I said to her, I said, Hannah, I said, you listen to your mommy. It doesn't matter what other people think. And it was like God just said, uh, Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what other people think, because that's something right. I really struggle with. Um, oh, yeah. So anyway, um, I also love how in your book you talk about. Um, in fact, this is another quote: If we want to see God, the question we should be asking ourselves isn't how can I get promoted, but how can I serve. Um, mm-hmm. How did you learn that?
1: <laughs> I talked about that a little bit before. You know, when God really convicted me of. Um, praying for my readers and seeing each one as an individual and as a person. Yeah. But that's really a lesson. He just keeps reteaching me, to be honest. And it, he does it most often through my kids, because I think that nothing is a lesson in humility like parenthood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if for, True story. I mean, our Yes. Our, our kids, I mean, goodness, how they humble us, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think another way is um, God really has been pressing on my heart over the past couple of years to really serve my community and my home church. And a friend of mine went to a writer's conference a couple of years ago and I wasn't able to attend, but she, told me some of the major takeaways she had. And one that just really uh, hit me hard when she said it was, I believe it was from Wendy Pope. And she said, Mm -hmm. if you want to change the world, go home and serve your church. Mm -hmm. And I just said to myself, wow. And That was a point in my life where I really started to get plugged in with my home church. We go to a church that is a new plant, and so there's lots of opportunities for that because it is still growing. And I led a women's Bible study for a time there, and we're getting ready to start another one here soon. But I realized how thirsty the the women in the community were for God's word and mm. how they really wanted that you know I think that definitely just serving serving others and and watching them come alive when they hear something from god's word and it just makes sense to them for the first time that's definitely a way that he drives that concept home
0: for me. So you mentioned women who are thirsty for God's word. So if there's some that are listening to this right now, um, who are thinking, you know what, I'm thirsty. Um, and I don't even know where to begin, um, in having confidence in a God that I, I want to trust, but I don't even know how to start. Um, what are some practical tips you could give to someone like that?
1: I think that one way to is really just carve out a space where you can get alone with God. And I know that that can be difficult when you have little ones at home. Sometimes I try to do this in my own life and it's like, as soon as I sit down, I hear those pitter patter feet, you know, coming down the hallway. (laughs) But, but I think that when we, are seeking God, you know, we are seeking that space with him. Whatever that looks like, you know, whether it's 5 minutes or 10 minutes, that he honors that and he sees the effort that we're making to move toward him and he will speak into our lives. And um another thing I would say is is pay attention to things that you see again and again or you hear again and again, a lot of times God will speak to me through other people. And we have to remember God is infinite. And so I think that a lot of times people overcomplicate hearing from God. And I've seen this when I've led women's Bible studies where someone clearly heard a word from God or received a word from God, but they doubted. And they're like, oh, well, that was just me, you know, or that was just my Mm -hmm. imagination or whatever. And they downplay it. But if you, you know, God can speak into our thoughts. And if it's something that aligns with his word and it is something that is affirmed, from another believer. It doesn't have to be, but that's another way that we can receive confirmation. Then go ahead and act on it and know that that is a green light from him. And if God wants you to stop on that path, then he has the ability to stop you. Trust me. Um, he, Hmm. He can move and make you put on the brakes in whatever way that you need to. But I think a lot of times we just get tripped up because we doubt. And so, yeah, I would just pay attention to those little things, you know, sometimes it could be, you know, it could be a song or something we see on social media or something we hear from another believer or pastor. Um, but I, Pay attention when things are repeated, because Mm -hmm. that usually is a clue to me that God is speaking and he is something that he wants me to pay attention to.
0: That's good. Good advice. So, Abby, the Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards finding restoration or redemption, eternity, authenticity and love. Of those four gifts that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ, which of them stand out the most to you right now and why?
1: Those are all so good, Janelle. It's hard for me to choose just one. (laughs) I would have to say authenticity speaks to me the most during this season because I just turned 41 last year. And I am at a season in my life where I just don't have time for fake, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know i um, I am a very cut to the chase uh, conversation type gal. I don't. I'm not much on small talk, and I just want to get to the good stuff, you know. And hmm. I want to have deep conversations with people. I want to pursue what matters. And um, I once said that when we're vulnerable with each other and we're when we're transparent, rather, then that really allows God's light to shine through us. But when we're just being fake, then we sort of put up this wall where God's light can't get through because we just have this... Um, this false front that people see—they can't see the real us. So, I think that it's so important, so important.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love what you said. I want to pursue what matters. I feel like that's where I'm at too. You know, I just want to find something real. (laughs) So, Abby, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. Thank you, Janelle. Yeah. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the finding something real podcast. If you love this series, please hit subscribe and come back next week. When we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real and having clarity through detours and distractions per usual, you can follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore wood, or using the hashtag finding something real. And of course, you can also sign up for the free clarity resources that go along with this current series by heading over to my website at JanelleWood.com. Remember friend, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time.